Hello and welcome to Maine ASCD, the podcast, where we talk about whole child education in Maine and beyond. Season two, here we go. We had a successful first season last year and um, we received a lot of great feedback, had some great guests on our show along the way, and we're hoping to start again and keep it going for season two. I'm Matt Drewettcard, I'm the president of Maine ASCD. And I'll be your host through this little endeavor, along with uh, Dr. Lee Alley, our executive director. And we will be uh, having a number of shows this year. Uh, We'll be focusing on, of course, whole child education. But we're going to be also doing it from a lens of distance learning and remote learning, because I'm not sure if you all are well aware, but there's some distance and remote learning happening in every corner of Maine and beyond. So we're going to focus on having conversations at that end. So for today, we're putting the me in ASCD. That's the title of this uh, episode because we're lo- talking about main ASCD, where we've been, what we've been doing. We've been gone since April. What's been going on with us and um, where we think we're going to be heading. Some things that we've seen. And it's a conversation between me and Dr. Lee Alley, our executive director. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for downloading and listening. Let's start the show. Welcome back to Maine ASCD, the podcast. We're glad to be back again with you. Uh, I'm Matt Jarrett-Card, as I've already said in the prior introduction. Um, Lee Alley, Dr. Lee Alley is here with me, our executive director. How are you, Lee? I'm doing so great, Matt. It's so good to connect with you here again. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're able to do this Do this again. It's uh, It's a great way for not only us to connect with members, but also just to talk about what uh, one a couple of our passions, particularly in education, which is the whole child education, and how we are actually seeing it um, live and breathe in our schools and in our communities. Absolutely, yeah. I think that hopefully people feel like this is a hello after a, a little bit of a, an absence, not a not a restart, because we've been a little bit quiet for a while, not by design, but obviously we've been really busy in the organization with some of our other interests. But you know, we yeah. hear from so many folks that the podcast is important to them for connecting, and we've been doing a lot of sort of one to one communication with our members as we're facing the uncertainties of the pandemic and and some other things like that. So, you know, just to come back to the podcast and, and broaden our audience a little bit more. Now that we're, I don't want to say we're getting our bearings as there would for me to knock on somewhere nearby, but <laughs> now that we have some insights to, now that we have some insights to share maybe, and, you know, we've been talking a lot about the pandemic and the implications for what we do and the way we do that. And so, you know, just to kind of circle back with folks and talk about where we're headed this year as an organization with the podcast is exciting. Yeah, I was recently looking and we haven't done an episode since uh, around uh, April 20th or so. And uh, I know. The, t- the title for that episode was This Too Shall Pass. How are we doing on that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that it's you know? passing. If it is, it's passing, like, you know, like the long vista of time passes. It's not it's not six weeks. It's not two weeks to, to flatten, I guess, at this right. point. It's a little protracted. A little, little longer. I, mean, I do stand by it. It will get, we will get through this and we will get beyond it, but it is taking longer than a lot of us have, have thought it would. Um, but it, it will pass. And if we continue to focus on things like connecting with each other, staying, building, building and maintaining those positive relationships, 
um, focusing on those elements of the whole child, as we both believe, I think that we will get through this together in a unified fashion. Um, we just need to keep those elements at the forefront of what we do. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I think at this point, it's less about focusing on the when it will pass. I mean, certainly I pray that will be very soon, but mm. I think the idea of, you know, finding ways to help it pass, it, it's for lack of a better term, as joyfully as it can. One of the things I know I'm really worried about as I support teachers and learners in the coaching that I do apart from just my main ASCD work or in my university work is I worry about that social emotional piece. You know, I worry when there are milestones passing and people aren't having the opportunity to mark them. I worry when learners are lonely at home and trying to connect by a screen when what they really want to be doing is playing with their friends, (laughs) you know, and seeing each other face to face and feeling safe, secure, love, those sorts of things. And obviously everyone's doing their best, but my hope this year is that we'll, we'll bring that lens to the conversation that will take the whole child's work that's so near and dear to all of our hearts you know, and that we spend so much of our time thinking about the best practices for and then apply this lens of distance learning and then see if we can bring something new to that conversation because there's a real need, as you know, as we've spoken about so many times leading up to this, you know, podcast. Right. So let, let's let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit because um, we do have some plans for what we're going to do for the podcast as we go forward for this particular show, whatever you want to call it, um, in that we would like to highlight our experts, our experts down the hall, so to speak. And we would like to mm-hmm. show, showcase them, but also, well, let's just be honest of where we are, the situation that we're in. We're all in a remote slash distance slash hybrid, some kind of learning environment. Uh, in, in one form or another, everyone, every teacher, every educator, every parent, every kid is going to be in that f- format in some way, shape or form. So it kind of makes sense for us to drive a conversation and to continue a conversation of highlighting the people who are the amazing people doing the work, but then look at it from the, from that lens, that perspective of how are we doing all of these things? How are we, how are you managing to do things like the whole child, like keeping kids engaged, keeping kids supported and families supported and keeping teachers supported and teachers engaged. And how are we doing all of these things at once in a completely new, traumatic, scary, also kind of awesome situation at times. And awesome in both the, the, the good way, right. but also in the just, oh my gosh, overwhelming way. Right. It goes back to what I said about that joyful piece. It's like you, there are some silver linings. You know, if we, A, look for them, and B, if we have the tools to support creating them in many cases, because this experience is unusual. I, I'm very hopeful that we won't be educating our learners like this for long. School mm-hmm. is meant to be highly community-based. It's meant to be us together, sharing space, time, all of those things. It's most effective when we do that, although we're certainly seeing models that are that are strong, that might be models we want to replicate, you know, that we can learn a lot of things from. And, sure. and again, going back to your great point, Matt, you know, it's, it's highly contextual what works sometimes. So I like to say, you know, I, I live and serve very 
um, you know, rurally. I'm way, way, way down east in Maine. My experience of Maine is different from your experience of Maine. Even if we both were rural, we both would be experiencing a different kind of rurality. Mm -hmm. And so hearing from those experts down the hall about what works for their context is so powerful because you know, folks who are serving and feeling like they're serving in a silo in a way that they might not feel really, you know, happy about, or they might not be feeling as effective as they would like, or, or things like that. We hope that we're going to be able to spotlight some voices. And we've always done spotlight a member, but specifically this year, spotlight those voices, those expert voices down the hall to talk about, hey, what's working in my context that might also work in your similar context or what's something you might try how are you helping learners to feel like they're really collaborating you know all of those right. kinds of things I'm, I'm excited about the possibilities this year because i do think that we've always said the wisdom's in the room and we know that yeah. in maine there's so much of that and we, we know too that we have listeners coming from lots of places beyond Maine. We know the wisdom is in the room and we are, you know, proud obviously at Maine ASCD to give some platform to that, to connect folks and connection and community obviously are the, they're the cornerstone of education. And there I go with my alliteration again, Matt. I just, you yep. know, it's one of I, my I talents. Obviously. I wasn't going to call you out on it, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to call yourself out on it. Uh, yeah, I've been, Feel free. My, my mantra for this particular school year uh, has been a quote from Winston Churchill, which is never let a good crisis go to waste. Because we are in the midst of a crisis, we are in the midst of a major amount of trauma. And yet there are things that we are learning from all of this, that we should not just let go of. I do not think that, right. uh, you know, all of distance learning is bad. I do not think that all of this situation in that way is bad, because we are learning a lot of really important things about how to engage, how to differentiate, how to personalize learning, how to um, differently challenge all of our kids to make sure that we're we're connecting with all. And when we say all, we actually mean and do all. So I think that there are some things that that upon, during this year and at the end of this 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 year, however long this lasts, I really hope that all of us take time to do that kind of reflection of. Well, yeah, we want to get back into school. We want to get back to some sense of normalcy, but let's not just throw away the lessons we've also learned. And let's figure out a way to mm -hmm. incorporate those lessons into what seems like normalcy, because there are a lot of kids who are not doing well in the distance learning environment and who need to be back in school. There are also a lot of kids who are thriving in the distance learning environment who may not do so well in in-person school. So why would we then push all of those kids back in the situation if we know that there are some kids who do better in a different environment, if we truly care about all kids? Mm. Well, you know, we've had lots of conversations just among our board about these kinds of things. And one of the, one of the other applications, I think, of what we're learning is that there are lots of times that we want to bring learners together in a space that might not be brick and mortar. So Think about the applications for, for snow days. Do we have snow days anymore out the other side of this? Can right. we reclaim that time for instruction? I think my children will probably lament the loss of the snow day. <laughs> However, uh, you know, what, how about the ways we connect folks over summer vacation? You know, yeah. if you have summer vacation, you know, those kinds of things. So I think that there are lots of lessons to be learned even in that way, because there are times when, when 
distance education is something we want to be engaging our learners. That's a platform or a vehicle we want to be engaging them through. There are lessons for that simple reason alone. So, you know, and then what you're talking about in terms of equity and in the the ways and the platforms, the means, whatever that, um, you know, might be right for various learners. It's interesting to think about the cap that's been put on some of that, um, like Main Connections Academy. I think mm. I think that specific academy, some of those things are happening because there there is an interest I think right now for for learning remotely done right, and I think we can learn a lot about learning remotely done right in the face of the pandemic. We absolutely can. And and I think we need to be able. That you brought up a great point about summer and professional learning and providing. Um, providing really meaningful and applicable supports for our staffs, for our teachers, for our administrators, for our educational leaders, um, because they're the ones who are, for lack of a better term, they're frontline workers in this. And they're the ones who are having to create and recreate on the fly, who need mm. those, those supports more than, more than a lot of folks. And, um, there are ways in which we can do, you know, anywhere, anytime learning. There are ways in which we can do this, not only for the learners themselves and create the systems for the, the teachers, but we also need to build the capacity in the teachers themselves and the staffs themselves and the administrators themselves so that they better understand how to create the environments, how to create the, 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 the systems and the structures so that it can, you know, move down that way and be a part of the schools and the classrooms. And I believe segue that we actually have something that can help with that we do and just to circle back to before we we fully segue that was masterful by the way matt nice thank you very much that's <laughs> why i get paid fully, the big bucks you know i'm exactly that's why yes it's true which is why true. i'm driving a car um, endless a 20 year old car that's why i with th doesn't mm. have a gas flap on anymore yeah you know that's I'm making the big bucks. I'm rolling in it. Wow. Wow. Go ahead. Well, quit your bragging. And also there's probably a batch of pumpkin chocolate chip cookies in this for you somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so I was just thinking, you know, in, in, in all of that wonderfulness that you just shared, um, you know, I was thinking too, that it's so true. And, and if you think about when we had to first move to that remote learning which none of us could have anticipated. And even if you had platforms for it, and even if you had understood oh. some of the best practice, no one was, was ready to take that to scale. Not on that it scale, was no. very much a cart before the horse. No, 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 no. So it was very much a cart before the horse situation. And I think mm -hmm. that, that this year, you know, as we get our bearings again, a little bit, it would be nice to put the horse back in front of the cart. And I think that, you know, I, I hope that we're well positioned to do some of that and give some of the voice to folks who have found some really wonderful ways to create those learning experiences. I hope we're going to feel like we are fully in that driver's seat again, because I think we all can agree that we felt like, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic was happening to us and then, which it is, but consequently all of the, the learning decisions were decisions that were being forced upon us. We weren't necessarily in a place where we felt fully, you know, empowered, you know, and mm. fully it kind of invested with the, 
the resources and the knowledge and the expertise and and all of that to really give it a go. And I think now we're seeing that people really are giving it a go. And I know we should probably at some point actually talk about what we've been doing while we've been away, you know, a little bit in this podcast somewhere. But some of the reality is that our membership, when we've been doing that kind of one-to-one correspondence with them, they've really had their heads down working hard, building out their platforms and those learning experiences. And, and now they're obviously up and testing those because, you know, you're actually, you're fortunate to be on the ground and place-based at the moment. My, one of the districts I'm coaching in is fully remote. You know, my university situations that I oversee with my student teachers, those sorts of things are fully remote. So it's, I think we have some things to share. And I think that we can really help to support each other. And obviously, when we talk about the expert down the hall and the wisdom in the room, what we're really trying to say is together we're better, which is kind of one of our mantras at Maine ASCD. And I think that we can see that if we just give, you know, the space to have the conversation, then, you know, the opportunities will present themselves. And you're right, there are some opportunities. There are. And and, and and providing educators with time and space are two of the biggest gifts you can give educators because with those things they will solve the problems the challenge that you brought up too with this whole thing was that we've been in a situation of continuous reaction we haven't been in a situation of being able to be proactive with any of this generally speaking because we haven't known what the situation was going to be even over the summer when we knew how thing that we were going to be in some kind of format and we could possibly do something most districts were still like yeah but we still don't have guidelines we still don't have these these other things that we're going to kind of need to know what to do we didn't have those until last minute so then a lot of plans got just got adopted a lot so a lot of people didn't even know what was going to happen until like a week before if not even closer to the school day before the school started before then so it's been a continuous feeling of just reaction you bring up a great point with that which is exhausting it is exhausting to just be constantly reactive. Um, and I think if we can find a way to turn some of this into proactivity, that will help reduce a lot of anxiety, reduce some of the feelings of exhaustion and provide us with an opportunity to say, how are we now going to be moving forward with all this instead of you know having it happen to us? Um, Right. And it brings me back to so much of our focus last year, Matt, because, you know, when it was, it was actually sort of ironic in a way that at the beginning of the school year, we were talking to our members about whole child, which is always our focus. Um, But we were also talking about the whole educator and how can we support educators, you know, where they're at. And, and we had always used that lens of wholeness. And now we've talked about, obviously, you know, among us on the board, this idea of bringing this new lens of remote learning to the idea of the whole child, the whole educator. That really is something I think that we have quite a good deal to share, you know, with others. And obviously, we have lots more to learn, too. We pride ourselves on being a learning organization. But um, I do think that that's going to be a new opportunity for us. And that's an opportunity that has grown, you know, i I feel for our mission organically from our true mission of the whole child, the support of the whole educator, and now with the lens of remote learning, you know, I I do feel like naturally 
we can give voice to some of what might work and what might most importantly to my thinking encourage folks because you're right it's so overwhelming at times it's easily it's easy to feel hopeless in the reality that we're facing you're doing something that you've never done before in many instances and the stakes feel because they are so very high and so how in the face of that tightrope act that these teachers are performing, how can we make sure that there's that net underneath of them so that when they fall or they fear they will fall, we're there in a support. And I, I actually get emotional thinking about that because that's so important mm. to us at Maine ASCD. So let's, let's then talk about what, what are some things that Maine ASCD has been doing and is looking at doing in the future? So, Folks have heard us talk about our micro-credentials suite. It's something that's been obviously celebrated. We did win that global award, the 2020 Affiliate Honor for Excellence in Professional Learning, and the micro-credential was really a centerpiece of that. And so was the podcast to some degree. We have a lot of things happening. But this year, the micro-credentials were an, such an important aspect of what we were able to offer. It was exciting that we've had folks from Santa Barbara, California, from Oregon, from all over reached out to take part in that um, you know, credentials opportunity. And so that grew in a way we could not have anticipated. And obviously the, pandem the pandemic was part of that because people were, were concerned about social emotional learning. They were concerned about the whole child. And fortunately, we had that micro-credential suite ready to support them through what we term any place, anytime learning. And so that's been a huge focus of our work this summer. Obviously, we continue to connect through our newsletter, which is so important, but we also recently had that conversation about where does the Journal of Maine Education go from here? And so we had already focused, chosen that focus of the whole child for that 2020 edition. And so now this remote learning piece obviously is going to be a part of that because it, it shapes so much of our experience it has this to be. year. And, you know, what a great... It has to be. And, you know, if you think about 2020 vision or hindsight being 2020 and those sorts of things, bringing, you know, this pandemic, the challenges, the opportunities into focus. I'm really excited about the journal this year. And obviously, in the midst of everything that we've been facing, if you think about what's happening, you know, what's happening in our world and the movements that folks are are making for social justice and those sorts of things. You know, we've been talking a lot about equity, and I, I think that's going to be our next push. Matt, you and I have talked about an equity micro-credential. We always like to entertain the conversation about how can we make sure that this learning is truly free, because we believe it should be. And um, that's some of the place we'll go this year, too, I think, is, is figuring out how to make that truly self-sustaining so that no one has to pay to be part of that professional development. Yeah, and that's one of those one of those one of those areas, one of those um, one of those pieces where, like we were just talking about, instead of reacting, being proactive and thinking in ways, I think that's one of the mm -hmm. things that, as an as an organization, as educators, you and I were thinking about. Well, what would be helpful? What would be beneficial to me? What would be beneficial to the to my colleagues, to my friends, to my family? What would be beneficial to them? And that's where a lot of this um, comes into play. But it's also being well recognizing of the world and the situation in which we're in, not the world and the situation that we want to be in. Mm. Well, and, and equity has always been at the heart of the whole child, mm -hmm. you know, framework any, anyway. And so I think this year you'll see us redouble our efforts 
for equity. I'm excited about that. And then, of course, you, Matt, can speak to where the podcast goes from here. We just were discussing, you know, the vision for that. Yeah, and the, the, we have some ideas about the podcast with talking with experts on the hall, but also just, just you know, um, being able to provide a platform and a voice to have conversation, to do some thinking, whether it's recorded or to share out expertise and to share out the awesome things that are happening out there because there are amazing things happening in the world of education that are uh, turning it into a very, what didn't, what didn't look like before. It's taking that mantra that I was said by Winston Churchill of never let a good crisis go to waste. It's really taking the idea of, well, what would might normally take five to 10 years of educational reform we can do in one year now because we're kind of forced to. I've heard of schools who, high schools, who had been trying for years to change their daily schedules around, trying so they could start later because mm-hmm. all of the science mm-hmm. speaks towards things like older kids need longer, need more sleep, and they do better if they come to school later. Well, the thing that drives a lot right, of that bra- away, their brains aren't awake. They are. Yeah, the brains aren't awake. They're not there yet. They don't even get really woken up for, until like nine, ten o'clock in the morning ish. So, and I'm just making that number up, but you know what I mean. And but. What drives mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons why the high school schedules haven't changed? Sports. Athletics d- drive a lot of that conversation. But if there aren't sports, if there aren't athletics, might we change that? And then later on in the years say, well, now we can adjust. And I think that those are real conversations and real things that are happening to be better for the learning and to still to maintain those those levels of sports. And so it's just, it is trying to thread those needles and do things in a proactive way that might not have been able to happen as easily or as quickly as before. I'm not even saying that that's a good idea, but well, and I- it's, it's following the, it's following the educational research in that way. And it's, um, it's doing it. My, my bigger point was that we're able to do things. We're able to try to do new things that might've taken longer, but because of the situation that we're in, we have to, you know, everyone now all of a sudden has to really have a really good idea of how to do effective technology integration and digital citizenship. That's a really powerful thing mm-hmm. to, to have learned and to have been promoted that may have been had to be do piecemeal here and there and might not have come to the, you know, the, the upper echelon, the tops of what people were thinking of doing for professional learning or for school-wide initiatives. But now everyone's like, no, 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 we need digital citizenship like now. Mm. Well, you know, and going back to your point, athletics aside, there are lots of things that impact the daily schedule. So, you know, I live and serve rurally, and part of our reality is that the specials drive the schedule. They have to because we only have one to share between five buildings sometimes. So I do think that the schedule is something that's that's challenging. I think that we always feel friction around schedules. I do think that there are lessons to be learned, you know, about those sorts of things. But even just circling back to the conversation about about athletics, because there are always those two sides to the coin to the coin. Again, supporting that social emotional piece when you've got you've got learners who are missing their teams who right. really thrive because of the team. Some of those high schoolers, especially where I'm living and serving, might, you know, come to school be the team. I mean, there there's obviously a huge impact for the extracurriculars, but can we reimagine some of the way that that the calendar and the clock drive what we do? Yes. Can we free ourselves from those constraints a little bit to get creative because we all we all feel those pains. 
And yeah, yes. that's something that we, we certainly can be thinking about together. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity in some ways. It makes me think about our organization. There just are these, I like to think of them as Phoenix phases. It's like, you know, you're faced with the need to round some, some sort of a coin of a corner. I can't speak, I guess, today. <laughs> we are forced to round some sort of a corner and, and the reality is that the you're fast approaching that wall and you've got to do it. And so, you know, can we be thinking about the courage to round some of those corners in ways that, that, you know, kind of unleash our collective creativity. And that's something obviously that the pandemic has allowed us to do is to get creative, give ourselves permission Agreed. to get creative. And, and again, it's given us permission to fail forward, which we've talked about so frequently, oh, yeah. you know, failure is, is, is such a powerful way to be learning. We have to give ourselves the grace to not get it right. And I think that's one of the struggles that educators are really feeling pretty keenly because if you don't have the answers and you've got so many folks relying on you for those answers, it, everything is so high stakes. It's so much pressure. It's so much responsibility and it's welcome responsibility. But can we allow ourselves the grace to be imperfect? Because that's the only way that you can take those risks to then ultimately get it right. So that's an excellent point. So yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged about where we're headed. I, I, I I have, I have high hopes as well. And I I think that the bigger, the bigger point that I'm, that I, that I think we're we're making is that we want to be able to provide a platform space and time for our educators to work with and try to try to address these issues to be able to ask these hard questions and to come up with interesting dare i say innovative solutions uh for them and i think and i personally um and professionally love the idea of anywhere anytime learning of micro credentialing of doing that level of um of of certifying what you have learned because it allows for an educator to um, whose lives are incredibly busy and incredibly complicated, but to still maintain a, a high level of, um, of of learning and to and to try new things and to learn new things and to reflect on themselves to deepen their level of professional expertise, to but to do it on their time. It doesn't have to be done where they need a sub plan mm-hmm. or they need to take time necessarily away from their family. They can do it on time that they may have already um, uh, laid out. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think. I think to that too is this other layer of, you know, the um, the level of collaboration that we're seeing from educators, sure. and you know, I and even even we as an organization have taken this little beat, if you want to put it that way, in in the reality that the pandemic has thrown at us. We're thinking about how can we pivot. It, this is a time for us to pivot a bit and rebrand. So we should mention we've got that new website up. M-E-A-C-B. I was trying to figure out a way to segue us to that. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm on top of it, Matt. So so me m e a s c d dot org, and you know we pride ourselves on personalized professional learning in Maine. So we've sort of you know kind of gone with this tagline of putting the me in ASCD because we do care about customized, personalized professional learning. And so that's been a, an important part of what we've been doing while we've kind of been quiet too, is we're working on that rebuild, rebrand, um, not because we need it, but because we had the opportunity to do it. And why would we not when we, we've sort of been shifting our goals a little bit as an organization over the last couple of years. And, you know, part of, 
part of our strength too, as an organization comes from our friends, you know, and, and so when I think about our network in the Northeast, we've just had a meeting recently as a collective, you know, what can we do together? How can we pool our resources? How can we use our collective platforms to raise or elevate our voices a little bit? Because we do have lots of areas in which we can lead forward. Uh, I know when you talked about, you know, the, the, the resources and you were thinking about, we were talking about the length of the um, remote learning on the whole child. In the next couple of weeks, you and I have a podcast coming up with New Hampshire ASCD to talk about exactly that, best practices for remote learning. And, um, you know, Jan and Steve from New Hampshire have been excited about trying to get a podcast off the ground. We're going to yeah. support them to do that. And, and just the benefit of having their expertise to come and talk to our memberships too, so that, you know, we just get that perspective from our, our part partners, you know, in the mission. I'm really excited about that too, because I think that more than ever, maybe, and educators have always been collaborative, but there's this sense that we can stand shoulder to shoulder and, and make something beautiful from the hand that we were dealt. And I don't, I guess I get chills when I think about that, because I do believe that whenever we're faced with a hardship, educators, and I think just human beings, the, the want is to come together you know, together we are stronger. Yeah. So how can we support? How can we collaborate? How can we co-create? And I think in terms of what I hope for main ASCD, main ASCD this year, it's that co-creation piece that I'm most excited about because collaborative, you know, the social construction of knowledge is everything. Sure. So I think it's probably important at this point to tell people that um, things like our some of our names, like our website address and our um, Twitter handle in particular, have changed a little bit. Uh, it's it's now all M E A S A S C D. So if you go on Twitter, it's at M E A S C D, and on the the website is going to be main M E A S C D dot org. Mm -hmm. And of course, Facebook, M-E-A-S-C-D. So it will be really nice to bring all of those handles into one unified kind of at mention because we've had various over the years. And so hopefully that will help people to know how to find us as well. There'll never be a question across platforms about where we might kind sure. of be. And of course, we continue to think about, go ahead, Matt. No, no, please continue. I was just going to say, we continue to think about as an organization, how to expand into some other realms. So we, you know, we, we have been curate, curating some Pinterest boards behind the scenes, which will go live. We have built out a teachers pay teachers presence that we've not yet taken live, but all of those things being found under the same app mention really makes a difference. I think, especially with that pivot and rebrand and remarket and put, put a, a newer, better kind of 2.0 version out to the world, if you will. We really have an opportunity to do that right now. We do. I wonder if we ha could have any kind of like slogan or tagline that might go along with that that could help figure something like that out. We should probably yeah. think of something. Yeah. Well, we've mentioned the putting the me in ASCD, which I think is, I think there's real meat to that right now for us and what we care about. Um, but yeah, I think that they will see, I think they'll oh, see a few new things, that. some new slogans, putting yeah. the new, um, it's so true. Right. So that, and then I do think folks can expect a new logo and some different things from us soon too, because, 
you know, it's just, it's time. We have an opportunity to evolve. And, and like all of our educator friends, we really are sincere about wanting to do that. So make sure you change your bookmarks, change your, uh, make sure you have all those things bookmarked in your inner places. Know that um, whereas we, some of the, 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 the names of the website might change, the logo might be up a little different. Putting the me in ASCD is brilliant. Um, and these things, change, but, but, but we are, <laughs> but, but, but we are here and we are still continuing to uh, innovate and drive forward this, um, this mission of ours. And I hope you will join us for the ride. Yeah, I hope folks will too. And shout out too to, to Shannon and Mary on our board. You know, Shannon's been so integral with that newsletter where we've stayed connected one-to-one -one with our membership over the summer. You know, we've had wonderful resources come down from ASCD to support folks as they make this move to remote learning and they seek to support the whole child in the face of, you know, some really uncertain and quite frightening for our learners times yeah. and quite frightening, right. I'm sure, for many of us too. That And then, of course, Mary, we have to give a shout out too because she's taken on the editorial piece of the journal for this year. So she's going to edit the journal and bring on a guest editor for the journal. And that's another exciting thing for us too. You know, it's another way the journal's evolving. This idea of inviting a guest, ed a guest editor for this edition speaks to that collaborative belief that we have that together we really are better. And I hope that we're living out that mission in the day today. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks again for, uh, for, for chatting, Lee. This has been, uh, this has been a great, great, I don't even know how long we've gone, but it's been, it's been great. It's only felt like five minutes to me. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, right. me too. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you once again for downloading and subscribing to Maine ASCD, the podcast, where we talk about whole child education in Maine and beyond. Follow us on Twitter at M-E-A-S-C-D, on Facebook at facebook.com slash M-E-A-S-C-D, on the web, www.meascd.org. Thank you all very much, and we're looking forward to another great season. Stay healthy out there. Take care.